Good morning. It's been a while since I spoke here. It's probably a good thing because it may have come off a little bitter and conflicted as that's what's been in my heart lately. Why is that? Likely because of all the COVID yaya, all the social unrest our cities have been experiencing and the poison in our political process. I saw a black and white American flag the other day. Have you seen it? Hmm. United States with two flags. Sounds a little like the Civil War with the Confederate bars and stars, like divided. United we stand, divided we fall. What are we doing wrong? Same as with our with our denomination. What is united about the divided Methodist Church? I've had to go to him a few times and deal with some of the anger in my heart. Yes, my heart has been troubled and conflicted lately. Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled. Ha, well, he's right. We are not to worry so much of the things of this earth. Yeah, right. While we're still on this planet, there are things and people that we need to work, worship, live, and be with. That's what's troubling. None of us come to the table with blank minds. What are we so conflicted about? Well, let's see. What are those three things that we're not to discuss? Hmm, you got it. Money, politics, and religion. Did you think I was going to say sex, drugs, and rock and roll? No. I'm talking about money, politics, and religion. The three things to avoid in conversation. But why, if we're so completely obsessed with them, are we not to discuss them? We're not to, supposed to discuss them because they are divisive when wrongly discussed. Those who come from a position of wealth or those who come from poverty have formed different ways to measure the value of money. Can they ever agree about its worth, value, or purpose, and how it has affected their lives? Those from the other side of the political aisle, can they ever agree? They have different sets of values, and what is important to in their worldview. They have different ideas of what is good for the people, all based on what has been good for them in their world and experience. And then there's religion. Those from different de denominations who have strong beliefs in God, but different understanding and interpretations of his world, of his word. Doctrines that will keep 
them apart. Keep them from agreeing. Keep them from loving and being united under God. Jesus spent a lot of his ministry on all three of these untouchable subjects. He has no qualms about crossing false boundaries to include other cultures, races, rich, poor, genders, professions, Jews, Gentiles, pagans, and marginal. He in his kingdom plan. So why do we? I need you to see this triangle. Imagine a triangle with Jesus at the top. On the right, all the way down, follow it to the corner, is the far right. On the way down to the other side, the far left. And how far are they from each other? And the same distance from Jesus. There are 28, excuse me, 288 verses in the Gospels regarding money. I love the way Jesus explained taxes. Pay the tax to Caesar. After all, he represents the government in control at the time. And to give temple tax to God for, under the, for the underprivileged widows, orphans, and elderly. But we later find out it's not being used for that intended purpose and instead being used for division, making the rich richer and the poor poorer. We saw the same corruption in the Old Testament, which caused a failed system and the end of Jerusalem as it was. And then again in AD 70, in many parables, money itself is not to matter as much as what you do with it. Share it with the marginal, those who have less, and don't hoard it. Give more, and more will be given back, like blessings. On a larger national scale, we have been blessed much by helping others, giving our money, our food, and compassion to suffering countries. That is a part of what made America great being that example of a shining city on the hill for the rest of the world. So why are we so conflicted about money and finances? We know we can't put our faith in it. It even says right on it as a reminder to trust God and not the money. The market could crash in a moment's notice, actually even without notice. And we certainly can't take it with us, as been heard many times in the example of the U-Haul behind the hearse. So why hold so tightly to it? Or hold it so tightly? Or is it holding us tightly? Jesus refused to get into the right or wrong of the pol politics of the day. In fact, when they wanted to make him king, he left them standing, wanting no part of an earthly kingdom. He urged not to worry about the various earthly kingdoms. It is the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God that matters. 
others come and go with powers and cities. By the way, pay your taxes so you don't get in trouble. Paul echoes, it is God and his kingdom who brings salvation, not the emperor or the empire. That's in Romans 1. In the Old Testament, Isaiah says this about God's kingdom and man's. 9-7. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against that authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves from those in political power. Uh, but God is the ultimate judge. And rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? And that's in Romans 13. Early on in the history of Israel, God set up rules for the kings and the priests against all kinds of power and corruption, knowing that it was going to be politics and religion that would make or break them. Has so much changed? Of course, man has something to do with tweaking and interpreting those rules to make for their own benefit. Jesus said, you have heard an eye for an eye, but I say, love your enemy. I think the point is not to distinguish ourselves from other denominations or other religions but to stand with them in love. Then Jesus taught and called out the priests in the temple. We often tend to soften Jesus' conflicts with the established power. Sometimes to rebel can't be avoided, and it is usually brought on by political and religious power being wielded by an authority in place. Think for a moment of the Protestant movement. If Luther had not rebelled against the current Pope and the status quo, we would all be Catholics. One mind, one body, hmm, not so bad. But there were wrongs being committed, coming from the power, oppression, robbery, misuse of power. So perhaps God nudged Luther to action. Jesus stood up and said to the high priest and others in the temple, Stop! You're doing it wrong. You are not building the kingdom of God. You're building one for yourselves. And Paul said, Don't conform to the world, but renew your mind. To Christ's mind. Psalm 62 says, In God's 
In God alone is my soul at rest. God is the source of my hope. In God I find shelter, my rock and my safety. Men are but a puff of wind. Men who think themselves important are a delusion. Put them on a scale. They are gone in a puff of wind. Oftentimes, <clears throat> we tend to judge others with the only means we have, which is the measure of our own heart, which is flawed, understanding, and our own background. That's precisely why we are not to judge each other, because we don't know their heart and where they come from to make them behave the way they do. And the whole point of the story of Lazarus, the rich man, and Abraham's bosom. The care for the widows, orphans, and the homeless, the poor, and those with severe challenges in our community is the calling of the kingdom. Jesus spent most of his time ministering to those on the margin. Heal on the Sabbath? Who would do such a thing? Or the ox in the hole? Of course, we would have compassion for an animal in the ditch before we had compassion for another human being. On that day, we're supposed to be thinking of God and his creation. Bring me your tired and your poor and your huddled masses yearning to be free. But if we use that day to think of ourselves and the power we have over others and our position of righteousness, well, then we're the church that needs correction. So why can't we come together and live in peace? Why can't we come to decisions that we can agree are the best for all sides of the issue? With as many opinions and bright minds that are out there, can't we find a way to harness the strength of our diversity? The common ground is that we all want the same thing, to live in peace, to come and go in peace, peace to worship as we desire, peace and safety to do things without us or others being hurt or offended, to love our God and others as yourself. This is shalom. It's a state that we may never know lest we die, but one must continue to strive for, seek out, and maintain hope for. Let's visualize that triangle again. If we draw closer to Jesus, then we draw closer to each other. If we draw closer to each other, we draw closer to Jesus. It begins with listening to others, giving credence to their point of view, 
allowing it to be equal as important as your own. Is one is one view right and one view wrong? Can we be that can it be that we are just from different backgrounds and we don't understand the values of the other? I'm not talking about just a respectful exchange of ideas, but a path into the heart of another. Until we really listen and appreciate others as being made in the same image as we are, Theo Imagio, the image of God, we won't find shalom. Jesus saw and nurtured that divine image in all of us. The Syrophoenician woman, Roman soldiers, Jewish tax collectors, zealots, the sinners of all types, and he introduced and brought them into the kingdom of God. So when you're engaged in a discussion of money, politics, or religion, don't make it an argument. Don't come from a stick-in-the-mud place or dyed-in-the-wool or I'm just not listening and I'm not changing or even from an emotional blood-boiling place but rather come from a place of love, a place of understanding, a place of the mind of Christ with an eternal view. And if you can't find it, that you can't do that, then just go back to not discussing it at all. 